Hey, good morning. Welcome to First Baptist Church Online. My name is Steve Polk, Executive Pastor here, and I'm excited to welcome you to this broadcast today. Uh, our pastor is continuing his following series. He talked about following Jesus last week. This week, following God. We're going to be in 1 Samuel chapter 12, 1 Samuel chapter 12. So uh, when he gets ready to come, make sure you grab your copy of God's Word uh, and a note, notepad and, uh, and get ready to dial in with him. But we're going to be talking about this concept of following God. You know, we talk in Christian circles about following Jesus, following God, and we maybe have our own ideas of what that is. Well, today what our pastor is going to do is he's going to have to help us see what God means by following God going to be looking into scripture to see exactly what it looks like to follow him. So I know you're excited to to better understand that idea. I know I am. So let's pray together as he prepares to come. God, we thank you for the direction that you give us. A ship without a rudder is aimless and will definitely crash. And so a life without a rudder is the same way. So Lord, as we think about following God, we need direction. We need guidance. We need the tools and expectations to know what it is to follow you. So thank you for setting us a course of what it is to follow you with our life. Help us to hear those things today and to put them into practice. In Jesus' name, amen. Last Sunday, we talked about what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus. What does it really mean to be his disciple? And we looked at a passage in the New Testament where Jesus did some teaching about that. Today we're going to look at a passage in the Old Testament, so I invite you to go ahead and open your Bible to the book of 1 Samuel uh, chapter 12 because there's a couple of verses in that chapter that help us look at following God from a slightly different perspective. The same thing, but a little different angle, and I think that can help you and me understand what it means to follow the Lord, to follow God, to follow Jesus. So go ahead and be opening your Bible there. Earlier this summer, Monisa and I spent two weeks in California on vacation, and while there, we visited Sequoia National Forest and spent a couple of days in Kings Canyon National Park. One of the things we did while there was uh, take a guided tour in Boyden Cavern. And uh, like many caves that you enter as a tourist, you have a guide. We had a a park ranger who guided us through that that, uh, cave because... Uh, it's easy in a large cave system, a cavern system, to get lost and really find yourself in trouble. You need a guide to do it safely and, and get through it accurately. So, uh, so we did that. Now, I think in some ways that is a picture of life. You, you can travel through life on your own, but you're probably not going to end up in the best place. We need a guide, and there is no better guide than Jesus Christ, no better guide than the Lord God himself, and that's why we are talking about following him. It's just one of the reasons. There are are so many reasons to be a follower of Jesus Christ. One of them is that he guides us very well through uh, life. And I think as followers, as disciples of Jesus, deep in our heart, the thing that we really want is to follow him. Uh, I think that's just just uh, just true of all of us who really know the Lord. We want to follow the Lord God, but sometimes we mess up, right? Sometimes we take our eyes off Jesus, our guide, off the Lord, and and we head down a wrong path, and we get in trouble and make some bad decisions. 
It reminds me of the days before, you know, GPSs were common on our smartphones or in every automobile. You go back 15 years or so ago, and, and it was relatively new to have the GPS in your car or on a smartphone. And, and uh, for years, I remember if, if we were going somewhere and didn't know uh, where we were going, but other people were going there, and we were in our car, and they were in their car, what would we do? We would follow the car of the person who knew how to uh, get there, and, and you tried to keep up with them and stay as close as you could, and if you were in a city or something, your fear was you'd get caught at a stoplight, then the person in front of you whom you were following had to pull over and wait on you to catch up. It was really kind of, uh, you know, um, it, it was easy to get separated. And I remember those days, and, and it was so easy to get lost. Our daughter Jacqueline, while she was in high school and college and first driving, uh, it was before GPSs were common on the phones and in your cars. And I can remember a couple of different times she was going somewhere and got lost. And she would call me on her cell phone, and I'd have to talk her through, try to, well, first I'd have to try to figure out where she was and then figure out how to get her to where she needed to be. Sometimes we are like that. We, we either get separated from the Lord, we take our eyes off him and we get lost and we, we, we cry out to God for help and we need God to intervene and get us back on the right path. Get us back on the path of following him. And so the question that I, I want us to think about this morning is this. How do we not get lost? How do we keep ourselves spiritually and when it comes to life, how do we prevent ourselves from getting lost, from taking our eyes off the Lord Jesus Christ? And, and how do we follow him well? How do we stay behind Jesus, following Jesus, and, and, and stay in eyesight and get to where he's trying to lead us? Well, that's what we're going to look at this morning. So in your Bible, 1 Samuel chapter 12, I want us to look at two verses, verses 14 and 15. And Samuel is speaking as a prophet to the people of Israel before their first king, Saul, takes over. And he says to them this in verse 14, If you will fear the Lord and serve him, and listen to his voice and not rebel against the command of the Lord, then both you and also the king who reigns over you will follow the Lord your God. Notice he says, if you fear the Lord, serve the Lord, uh, listen to his voice, and do not rebel against the command of the Lord, then you will follow the Lord your God. Verse 15, he says, But if you do not listen to the voice of the Lord, but rebel against the command of the Lord, then the hand of the Lord will be against you as it was against your fathers. And so there are a few things in this verse, I think, which help us understand how to follow God, how to not get lost, how to not get separated from him, how to stay on the path that he's leading us to travel in life. And the first thing he mentions in verse 14 is to fear the Lord. He said, if you will fear the Lord, that's one of the conditions for following Jesus well. Fear the Lord is foundational to the Christian life. It's foundational to following 
God. In Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, God says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Listen to that again. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, and fools despise wisdom and instruction. So foundational to following Jesus well is having fear of God. Now, what does it mean to fear the Lord? Does that mean that I'm afraid of him? I live in constant fear of God? Well, you could say in one sense, yes. In Hebrews chapter 10, verses 30 and 31 in our New Testament, the Bible tells us the Lord will judge his people. And it is a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the living God. There is a sense that we are to understand that God is God and will judge us. And there is to be an appropriate fear of being outside the will of God, outside of a relationship with him and being judged by him. So in, in, in one sense, yes, but In a much greater sense, in a primary sense, the answer is no. In the Old Testament book of Leviticus, chapter 19, verse 32, the Bible says this, You shall rise up or stand up before the gray-headed and honor the aged. The, The more my hair turns gray, the more I like those kind of verses. Stand up in the presence of an elderly person. And then he adds in that verse, and you shall revere your God. I am the Lord. He says, when you are in the presence of a senior adult, show some respect, some reverence. And when you are in the presence of God, because he is the Lord, and in our English Bibles, Lord is all capital letters, meaning that in the Hebrew, it is Yahweh, God's sacred, personal, holy name. And that name means I am who I am, and only God is who he is. Only God is God. And therefore, when you are in the presence of God, you are to have reverence. You are to have awe. You are to have tremendous respect. In the book of Exodus, chapter 3, when Moses first encountered the living God, Yahweh, at the burning bush, and God spoke to him. One of the things God said to Moses was, remove your sandals from your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. There's something holy about the presence of God, about the place where we encounter God, because God is holy. Holy, And there is to be reverence for God, in this case symbolized by taking off his shoes in the presence of God. In the book of Revelation, the last book of the New Testament, John the disciple was exiled for his faith to the island of Patmos in the Mediterranean Sea. And in chapter 1, he had a vision of God on the Lord's day. He saw Jesus. And he said in verse 17, when I saw him, when I saw Jesus, I fell at his feet as a dead man. I fell at his feet as a dead man. There is to be in our lives, brothers and sisters, this overwhelming sense of reverence for holy God, for almighty God, symbolized in different ways. One of those is falling prostrate on the ground before God. Let me ask you, 
When was the last time your reverence, your fear, your awe of God was so great that not only did you bow your head, but you knelt, you got on your knees before God? When was the last time you lay prostrate on the floor, pouring out your heart to God and in worshiping God? There is to be reverence for holy God, a fear for holy God. And one of the things that too many of us have lost in today's culture And today's church is a sense of reverence for the holiness of God, for the greatness of God. And we treat God too casually. Brothers and sisters, if God is nothing more than your friend, if he is nothing more than your helper, if he is nothing nothing more than the one who forgives you, your understanding of God is incomplete and inadequate. He is holy. He is Yahweh. He alone is God and worthy of our reverence, of our fear, and our awe. That's foundational to following God because it constantly reminds us of who he is and who we are not. When we forget who we are not, that we are not God, We are not, as we often say, the masters of our own destiny. When we forget that, when we lose that reverence for God, it makes it more challenging for us to follow him well. So the first thing that is important if we're going to follow Jesus well is to have fear, reverence for God. The second thing is we are to serve him. Back in 1 Samuel chapter 12 and verse 14, he says, If you will fear the Lord... And serve him. The New Living Translation says worship him because in the Bible serving is considered an act of worship. It is wrong to think of worship as only singing. Singing is just one part of worship. Your whole life is to be an act of worship to God when we serve him. It is an act of worship. Now, the Hebrew word translated serve in verse 14 is the idea of someone working for someone else, someone who is serving another person, and they serve that other person by working for them. We serve the Lord. We work for the Lord. We serve the Lord by actually working for him. That's the reason we challenge believers, disciples, to volunteer in the church to volunteer and serve in the community because every disciple who is following Jesus well finds ways to work for God, to serve the Lord. Not so they can be saved and go to heaven, but because he is God and they are following him and his followers serve. So two things so far if we want to follow Jesus well. Number one, fear of God, reverence for him. And then number two is serving him. Here's number three, and this is where I want to spend just a little more time this morning. It's listening to the Lord, listening to him, and then doing what he says. You think about a child who's who hears their parents giving them instructions, but they ignore what the parent says. It's frustrating. It's not obedience. We don't need to treat God that way either. Listening to God and then doing what he says is one of the ways that we are able to follow the Lord and helps us do it well. In verse 14, he says, if you will fear the Lord 
and serve him and listen to his voice and listen to his voice. The idea is to pay attention so that you not only hear, but you understand what is being said and you do that with the intent of doing what he says, of obeying him. That's the reason some Bibles may translate that, obey his voice instead of just listen to his voice. And in verse 15, we also do that by listening to and obeying the command of the Lord in his word, in his word, in the Holy Scripture. God speaks, the Holy Spirit makes it live. It's not just words up on a page. It is a living document that the Holy Spirit takes the word of God and speaks to the deepest parts of our hearts and souls and minds and lives. And he applies it to our lives and we are to respond to what he says to us. Recently, I received an email from a member of our church who said in the email that uh, earlier that morning during their quiet time as part of our Bible reading plan here at First Baptist, they had been prompted by the Holy Spirit based on what they were reading to to express uh, gratitude, thanksgiving to someone for something they had done. And so this person wrote me an email and thanked me because several years ago, this person heard me preach a sermon that motivated them to... uh, reconcile with their siblings. This person reconciled with their siblings and was so thankful because eight years later, one of those siblings died. And this person told me in the email how grateful they were because they had all these years of good relationship with their siblings because they had responded positively to what God was saying to them through his word, through that sermon. And then the other day during that quiet time, reading God's word, wanted to let me know about it and thank me for obeying God and preaching that message. Listen, When you hear God speaking to you through his word, it is always directing you to follow him in such a way that your life will be in line with his will and he can bring blessings to you. He can do good things in your life, but you must listen to him, listen to his word and not all of the other voices that are out there. Following Jesus well means obeying him as he speaks through the Holy Spirit and his word. There's a connection. Listen, there's a connection between God's word and following him. 300 years, actually a little more than that, before Samuel spoke these words that we read this morning in verses 14 and 15, Moses was living. And uh, Moses said 300 years earlier, that a day would come when Israel would want and have a king and that there would be one thing necessary for that king to obey and follow the Lord. And in Deuteronomy 17, verse 19, as you see here on the screen, what Moses said, the one thing that king must do if he's going to follow God well is this, it, referring to a copy of the law of God, the word of God in the previous verse, this, this copy of the law shall be with him, be with the king, and he notice this, he shall read it all the days of his life. He shall read it occasionally? No. On Sundays? No. All the days of his life that he may learn what? 
just information about the Bible. No, that he may learn to fear the Lord his God by carefully observing all the words of this law and these statutes. So you go back all those centuries ago. Moses made it clear that the king, the leader of Israel, if he was going to follow God well, would have to read God's word every day of his life and then obey what it says. The same thing Samuel is telling us in the 12th chapter that we read a moment ago. If you fear the Lord and you serve him and you listen to his voice, and you don't rebel against his mandates, his commandments, what he says, then, then you will follow the Lord. That's the reason we talk so much about our Bible reading plan here at First Baptist. And I urge you, brothers and sisters, so you can follow Jesus well to read the scripture with us every week, every day. Follow this Bible reading plan. It's the reason that I produce these daily devotions that go live at 5 a.m. Monday through Friday mornings where I share with people what God has said to me in the chapter that we as a people of God are reading that day in our sequential Bible reading plan. It's the reason D groups are central to our strategy here at First Baptist for helping disciples to grow. Because remember we said last Sunday that a disciple is someone who is following Jesus, being transformed by Jesus, and on mission for Jesus. And for that to happen, just as Samuel says and just as Moses says, we must hear the word of God and then do what he says. That's how we follow the Lord well. And if you're not reading God's word, if y'all all, all you're doing is reading a little short, simple, positive thinking, self-help devotional or self-talk from time to time, it's not enough. It's inadequate. You need to be able to read God's word. Part of our vision here at First Baptist is for every man and woman who loves Jesus and follows Jesus to be able to spiritually feed himself or herself. We want you to be able to take the word of God, read it, allow the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart and give you direction for that day and for life so you can mature as a follower of Jesus and follow him well. Notice in 1 Samuel chapter 12 verses 14 and 15 as well as what we looked at with Moses a moment ago in Deuteronomy. All of these things work together. The scripture, God's word and what he says works together with listening to the voice of God and obeying what he says, works together with fear of God and reverence for God and awe of God, works together with serving God and doing in Jesus' name the things he asks you to do. All of that works together so that you can follow the Lord God well. And if you leave out any of them, if you leave out the word, if you leave out the listening, if you leave out the obedience, if you leave out the serving, if you leave out the doing, if you leave out the reverence, if you leave out the fear, the awe of God, if you leave any of that out, then your ability to follow God is hindered, it is limited, and you're much more likely to get lost in the cave of darkness that Satan will bring to your life. You're much more likely to take your eyes off Jesus 
and miss the turns that he's asking you to take. Go where he's asking you to go. All of these things work together and help us follow the Lord well. Look again at verse 14. Let's just remind ourselves. He says, if it's conditional, if you will fear the Lord and serve him and listen to his voice, obey his voice, and not rebel against the command of the Lord, not rebel against what he says, not argue with what he says, then you and the king will follow the Lord your God. All of these things work together to help us follow the Lord. The Hebrew word, Translated in these verses, follow is the picture of someone walking behind another person, going where that person is going. His commands that are mentioned in these verses, it's his word. It's his truth. I mentioned a few moments ago that Monisa and I spent two weeks in California in June on vacation. And when we were flying home, we flew out of L.A. International Airport, and we got inside and followed some directions to check our luggage, and we were assigned our gate and terminal, and so we followed all the signs in the airport to get to that terminal and to that gate, and when we got there, they, they had changed the terminal and the gate where our flight would take off. And, and so we had to walk for several minutes to another part of the airport. And, and we got there on time and got there fine, but we did it by following all the signs. The signs gave us the direction to get to where we could board the airplane to fly home. You are never going to get to the place God has for you in life if you don't follow his directions, not your thoughts, not your opinions, not your present, your, your preferences, but his direction. And it's given to us in his word and the Holy Spirit will apply it to our lives. Brothers and sisters, get into the word of God Hear his direction for your life, for your attitude, for your values, for your priorities, for your decision making. So you can follow his direction, listen to his voice and get to the place he has for you in life. But what if you're not listening to God? What if right now, currently you're in a state of rebellion as he talks about in this passage in verse 15, if you will not listen to the voice of the Lord. Some of you have been arguing with God, not listening to what God says in his word. If you do not listen to the voice of the Lord, but rebel. See, not listening to God and doing what God says in his word, that is rebellion. He says then at the end of verse 15, the hand of the Lord will be against you. The hand of the Lord will be against you. One translation, I believe, says the, the hand, God's hand, the, the Lord's hand will be heavy on your life. We will lose the blessings that God has for us. We will lose the help that God has for us. 
And at times, we will also experience God's discipline because we are in rebellion. Just like loving parents must discipline their children, God will discipline his children when we don't listen to him and we rebel against him. Now, I don't think any of us want that. None of us want God's hand to be against us. None of us who are followers of Jesus want to ignore God and not revere God. And yet we find ourselves sometimes doing that. If that's where you are now, you don't have to stay there. You, you, you can choose to follow him. You can choose today to begin reading his word, following the Bible reading plan with us here at First Baptist. You can, you can choose to watch or listen to the devotions I record Monday through Friday. You, you can choose to, to attend worship every Sunday, to be in a life group every Sunday. You can choose when the opportunity presents itself to be in a D group so you can grow as a disciple in a way you have never grown before. You can, you can choose to serve Jesus and volunteer in the church and volunteer in the community and serve in his name. You can choose to have fear of God and reverence for God. You can choose that. And part of it, if you're already in rebellion and not listening to God currently, is to choose to be honest with God and name your sin. The Bible teaches that when we confess and repent of our sins, we must be specific. God, I am doing this and this is a sin. Not being general, God, forgive me all my sins. Name them, God, I confess this sin. I confess this wrong. God, I confess and acknowledge this failure in my life. Forgive me. I acknowledge that it was a sin and I repent of it. And the Bible teaches that God will hear and cleanse you and forgive you and restore you. And as you do that, commit to follow to fear, to serve, to listen, to obey, to do, and follow him. Would you get on your face before God right now? Right now. When you get on your face before God, humble yourself. Show the humility to get on your knees, to lie prostrate on the floor, and say, Oh, Lord, I repent of my sins, and I will follow you. And I will listen to you and I will read your word every day so that I can hear your voice and follow behind in your steps where you are leading me. If you are already doing that, will you thank the Lord for the blessings he gives as you do it? And will you renew your commitment to continue doing it? As Moses said centuries ago, all the days of your life. Will you renew your commitment right now? Oh, brothers and sisters, God has so much in store for you if you will simply listen to him, fear him, serve him, and follow him well. That's my encouragement to you right now.